Hello, folks. It's Friday night, and on this week's show, I'm joined by Justin, Ben, and Lloyd as we take you through a week's worth of tabletop gaming news. On top of that, one lucky viewer will get a chance to win the victory battle fleet for the crown in Dystopian Wars. If you want to be in with a chance to grab that big box set, you need to be a subscriber to the channel and post a comment below. I always check. Otherwise, sit back and relax because your Halloween weekend starts here. Halloween, folks. Oh, yeah. Happy Halloween. Look at this. Huh? Would you buy a used game from any of these people? <laughs> well, I've got a used Layman Russ for sale. A more wretched den of scum and villainy you're unlikely to see. It's already. It's only a couple of days to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Monday. The season is here. Uh, I got my pumpkin somewhere over here to carve tonight. Right. Yep. You've yep. got American, have you? Use a turnip. What's wrong with the turnip? Apart from the fact that you'll break your hand doing it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. on. There was a year we did it where we did a pumpkin, we did a turnip, and I was left with a butternut squash. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm going to get a butternut squash. That's a good idea. Oh, no, don't. don't, don't, They're terrible. They're absolutely horrible to try and carve out. They're very tasty. They are very tasty. They make good soup. Oh, the the smell of them when I was trying to take out the centre with a Dremel. Good spooky soup. Just burnt butternut squash. <laughs> but that's that's your problem right there. I tremble. Uh, oh, that, my that, Lord. That bad boy's getting carved tonight. And, the, side light. and the seeds, the seeds are going in the oven. Mm, uh, my missus is talking about doing roasted pumpkin seeds. Although there is a little pumpkin patch up the town, uh, so I may nip up there to get a second. Yeah. Well, they're, they're... You're Irish. <laughs> Turnips. Turnips. <laughs> I live with an American, though. I don't care. I live with an American, so it's okay. They inherited it from us, and they went the easy route with their <laughs> easily carved hollow. and mostly hollow thing. I do love that, actually, because I have some American mates to play Xbox with, and uh, they were wearing costumes in their game. I was like, why are you all dressed up? And he said, well, there's this thing called Halloween coming. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's an American holiday. <laughs> oh, oh, it's specifically an American holiday. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, what they've done to it is very American. I'll get into that. <clears throat> same as Christmas. Uh, well, I would have went to St. Patrick's Day as far as the two Irish holidays that they stole. And then, <laughs> and then just went, you know what this needs? This yeah. needs fireworks and green ink into the river. Do you want to yep. it doesn't. Yep. Let's, let's make that river green. But anyway, remember, if you are going from door to door on Monday night with your masks on, it's not trick or treat. You're not in the States. It's Halloween is coming and the goose is getting fat. If you don't do the proper song, you don't get anything at my door. (laughs) (laughs) No, child, you have failed my test. Be gone. I'm just, I've got my brush so I can push push them away. 
Christmas. All right, I thought, I thought you just swept the candy out the door. You know, just well, door opens, Lloyd's at the back of the hallway with a golf club. Four! No, 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 I've got one of them shovels that you use. You know the ones you put in the fireplace to do the coal? I got one of them. <laughs> So I can keep my distance and then oh, put like, a you, candy I assume in like that. you have a, a disinfectant <laughs> bucket, just big bucket of bleach. Just I, I'm just impressed that you haven't just decided to power hose them off your off your walls. <laughs> Time to go. Anyway, um, right before we kick in, you may have already seen that there's a big victory battle fleet set for dystopian wars available to win this week. Yeah. Uh, unless you've jumped straight into this point, which is I don't know how you manage that. Uh, this is because from Halloween, funnily enough, um, we are going to be having a themed week. Yeah, uh, having a look at the new Sturginium Skies box and how to play, and talking about the factions and all sorts of other good stuff. So, uh, myself and Justin and Chris from Warcradle Studio spent many a happy hour in a sweat box playing with ships. It's good. Uh, I get to try and kick Jerry's toys in. Mm. It's all all good in the hood. Uh, John's even got a couple of painting tutorials he's whipped up mm -hmm. for some of the bigger, new, shiny, floaty things from Sturginium Skies as well. So if you are interested in getting involved in Dystopian Wars, that week is going to be a great way to find out all about the various world factions and gameplay. So join us for all of that. But right now, we've got to get into the most important part of the week. <gasps> It's the indie of the week. Way. What have you got for us this week? <laughs> I mean, oh! <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so this week, I thought we'd have a look at Seb Games. Do you know what's I'm funny? Not, I'm not a furry. I'm not <laughs> a furry. <laughs> oh God, don't go there, man. Don't go me, there. I'm bored. the lady does protest too much. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, indie of the week. Here it is. Oh God! No, it's a dwarf. Oh look, with a it's a dwarf with a wolf. It's Ben. Ben, a miniature. Yes. <laughs> How could this possibly have happened? I don't know. Um, Seb, if you're unaware, uh, bought out Void from um, Scotia Grendel a few years ago, uh, and have been reinvigorating, uh, recasting the stuff, and tweaking the rules a little bit as well uh, to get a whole new people into the wonderful world of Void. So I think we're going to start there because it's the one that, that drew me to Seb originally, although they do have a few other interesting ranges. Is that a cucumber? That is... That's, a, his, that's his bow. bow. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. <laughs> nothing I mean, at all. Uh, the swords on those kind of look like scallions. Mm. Uh, so many, many moons ago when the world was young, 40k was, I think, still in the second edition. Uh, wow. I, I core released a game called Void. Uh, oh, okay. I think it was actually yeah. called Void 1.1 at the time. It may not mm -hmm. have been. Anyway, uh, it is a science fiction game, but it's not a grim dark. Uh, humanity reaches the edge of the stars, and sort of mega corporations are more or less pushing forward and pushing uh, their own objectives within various planetary systems. Uh, and then they start clashing. And that is the core concept behind Void. So you had um, four human factions. And then at one point, they sort of bounced into mm, what could only be described as a, a nebulous alien threat on the edge of the, the galaxy, uh, which brought uh -huh. Corlon. Um, so there are various humans, and they exist within 
the Ford universe and have very sort of distinct feel and play behind them. So the Junkers are very Mad Max meets gladi- Gladiators in space. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, which I always thought was good, good, clean family fun. I've got a really nice set of them uh, somewhere. Did you say you co-released this, or did I imagine I, that? Icor. Oh, Icor. <laughs> with, with, with a K. That makes more sense, because I was sitting thinking, if Jay released this game, would he not make more of a deal of it? <laughs> <laughs> this is my game. It is very pretty and shiny. No, very much so. Very pretty What's and shiny. What's um, the kind of model... Uh, the size of armies that you'd normally get for a game like this? Because if it was coming around out around the same time as kind of early 40K and early stuff. Early 40K and... Quite small, or is it? And, and Warzone as well at the same right, time. Okay. So, yeah, you were you were dealing with um, 40 to 50 models. Yeah. Um, sort of tops. If you went beyond that, you would run into... Well, you wouldn't run into problems. You'd just take all day to play a game. Uh, which is one <laughs> of the things Seb is looking at to actually put together a smaller version um you can download like a a squad based game where instead of playing with multiple squads you're just playing with a couple and then a, a hero i always love the sand runners on their unusual bipedal lizards that's exactly what i need for halloween push people away from the door yep the, uh, the ultimate <laughs> it has no tiny arms yeah yep. it has evolved yep. beyond the need for tiny arms that way it won't lose boxing matches <laughs> <laughs> the t-rex is one problem always being hit by boxers <laughs> uh, but yeah the uh the void range was you know compact and bijou and they had some absolutely terrific bits and pieces and obviously the junkers were the bestest in the world ever um but who else did we have vasa vasa were very much the we've got all the money and all the resources and uh we're going to show off the best tech in all of christendom because you know, Vasa. The artwork gave me vibes of like um, Capital from uh, War- Warzone as well. There, but Minimisha a little bit more cybertronic. Oh, Mission as well. Yeah. yeah. Zoom them up, like Jay. Those. Go on ahead, zoom the minis up. You know how to do it. There you go. Oh. I do that. You freak out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very aware of the freaking outness. <laughs> and how old is this range, Jerry? Uh, I wouldn't say it was um, 93, 94. Okay. First came They're out. pretty good, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for miniatures that are nearly 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They were sometimes the old ones are the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, sometimes Absolute you want that retro feel. Yeah. yeah. So one piece metals in the main. Ah, see. So they've, they've not graduated <laughs> to doing any of them in resin sort of now or anything. They're still working with metal at the moment. Still working with metal. However, uh, there are. I wonder if they have them in the synth. There, there are a couple of big vehicles that made it in the resin simply because you couldn't actually produce them in metal without um, killing someone, because it would just be like bricks, massive, yeah. massive bricks of resin coming at you. Zow. Well, those are interesting. I like those, yeah. No, nobody likes those. Look at those, cla- look at those classic sort of like plasma gun style, plasma cannon style tops as well for their guns. <laughs> the, the little skimmer is very cool with the on buttons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. boop. Yeah. How, how else would you be able to get it started? It's just the right. trick is to keep moving so that nobody can reach it. <laughs> exactly. Oh crash! Yeah. <laughs> 
anyway, so show us the one with the shield before you leave. Show us the one right at the bottom with the shields. Which one? The one is there. You go. Those are the ones. Zoom in on those. Oh, I quite like the shieldy ones. In fact, I quite like these a lot. Actually, if they had some Mm. big picks, this would be cool. Although they're firing grip guns, so they're firing grip guns. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with a grip gun. I'm just saying. Uh, you could crush a grip. Anyway, if I go back to the Void 1.1 bit, so the website itself obviously has the sort of breakdown of the factions, but then they also have the rule books available as well. So you can get started with this. It has a, a set of articles that Seb and other people have done explaining some of the, the pieces behind them. There's one of the new junkers. Mm, so it's actively there's... still being worked on miniatures-wise? Yeah. In fact, there's the big resin git. Oh, wow. He was originally metal, if memory serves, but thankfully... What, the some... whole body and everything? Yeah, but thankfully somebody has looked at that and went, this is insane. Well, this it was a much cheaper back yeah. in the day. <laughs> yeah. uh, it reminds me of a thing I saw in one of the Yay. Final Fantasy games. Oh, yeah. In in Final Fantasy VII, when you're going into the Maker Reactor at the start, they have um, vehicles like that. The walk the, yeah, like that, yeah, the massive chicken-legged... Blocky Walker with a gun underslung its chin yes. reminds yeah. you of that and no other sci-fi. Oh well, probably. also yes, also. <laughs> okay. no, yeah. no, it's fine. No, no it's grand. No, I'll, just, I'll stay the here. Silhouette is closer to that. We don't. We I don't forgot. know what that other game, that other world is. Jerry. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> Squad Tactics is the new sort of mini compact version of the game that uh, Seb's come up with to sort of get people into it. Uh, but they also have all of the original PDF. Rule oh, books wow. cool. in the various languages as well, and mm-hmm. the force books, um, which you know, while not necessary, were lovely. Uh, the battle with miniatures is the old uh, article series, and are but, all of the rules for the game free? Yep, uh, you can pick up printed copies uh, for cash money. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, let's just open that up there. If I press on this, then will it actually download <laughs> for me? Cash uh, money. For cash money, yeah. Careful showing that downloads folder, Jerry. Surprise. <laughs> just, just beware, buyer beware. It's it's not full of anything of interest. It's full of a lot of squirrel pictures, mind you. <laughs> I will say. Anyway, uh, yeah. So you can get your hands on the uh, the source books. The rule book itself was only about uh, seventy pages long, and then the rules within that are like fifteen, sixteen pages, and the rest was sort of background. And then the force books sort of expanded upon that. Uh, which was really nice indeed. Do they have a decent set of art in, and stuff in, and assets and things inside those books and things? Do we yeah. know? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are just they're the PDF versions of the original books <laughs> oh, that were released. Oh, so perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 that's the thing, because you'd wonder what kind of schemes to do for them and stuff like that. But obviously, yeah. they've got the artwork then, and that helps out, doesn't it? So, I mean, yeah. the nice thing is because it's, it's just the far future. You think mm-hmm. infinity, think lots of clean lines on everything except the junkers who, you know, are filthy kind of space gladiators. Uh, in which case, just do them as dirty as you want. Lots of kind of like plastic armor and ballistic shields and that kind yeah. of thing and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Everybody Very gets cool. all the shiny things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing he's been working on is Battle Havoc. This is the one that I know him from, but only yeah. kind of recently over the last couple mm-hmm. of years, I think. So, yeah. And this is uh, a fantasy. <laughs> it's weird. System. I can't take it anymore, Ben. Show us your face. For God's sake, no, show us your no, face. I'm not showing you my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wolf. 
<laughs> oh, I can't bring you anywhere, can I? Can't bring either of you anywhere. Anyway, Battle Havoc, uh, a fantasy-based game, um, which is sort of just being released at the moment. Uh, the idea is for uh, a relatively simple sort of mass battle game. Uh, so it has the feel of very early Warhammer for people who used to play there yeah. when you would have eight men in a unit, that sort of thing. Or another way to look at it is, you know, individual men are, are more or less like um, yeah, it becomes ele- elements. With, rather yeah. Than, yeah. Like, yeah. That, that photo above is like White Dwarf 1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old, old, old school. Yeah. Let's see some minis up close. Some archers, like the top archers I was interested in, the ones you scroll past. Top archers. Top, kick up. There, get that group of archers on the right. Ooh. Look, oh, there's only one archer. Archer, archer it's one like a hunter's set. Yeah. yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Think of with, them as kind of like your Bugman's Rangers, but of the battle habit. With, yeah. with various animal heads. So boar head, pig head, badger head. <laughs> Looks like a squirrel head. I'm pretty sure it's a cat, another badger. No wolf, boy. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already seen the wolf. He oh, was on the leader true. himself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those Ooh. orcs come orcs. courtesy of Black Tree, and there's a few other Black Tree design things uh, we'll see later on as well. What I quite liked about the range as a whole is it's kind of got that feel of like old hammer, Warhammer, Games Workshop stuff. Mm. But there's also, like, you know, obviously, the aesthetic works with like war games foundry style stuff and all that kind of thing as well. So everything feels like it would match up quite nicely with what a lot of people maybe have in their collections, mm-hmm. which I think is quite nice. So if you are coming to battle havoc and you have a bunch of the old models around, you could use these as kind of like the bait or use that as the basis for your armies before you dived into the new stuff, which I think is quite nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, one of the main sort of driving forces behind it as well is, is the fact that you, can play these big games with very small amount of models. Um, currently, there's only uh, dwarves, greenskins, undead, and then I think a human league as your command for your foresters um, in the rules themselves. But I imagine over time that will expand as well. That's why that. he's definitely not a squirrel. He's too big for a squirrel. Let's not worry about him. Anyway, oh, there's the battle <laughs> box. Right, let's see that. That's what I'm. The battle box is really good, actually. Yeah, comes with movement trays as well. Now we're talking, <laughs> which appear just to be laser cut MDF. Well, oh, you mean they? Oh, literally, just put them on slices, biscuits of MDF, no lip. You know? <laughs> put them on uh, coasters from your uh, table at home. That's the... Yeah, just, just <laughs> cut your beer coaster in half. Done. <laughs> But yeah, because you get, uh, is, it, is it orcs and dwarves in that one yeah. in the first set? I think that's it. Yeah. Orky barbarians mm. coming at you like Cleopatra. Oh, I love those. I love the like the bright green color scheme. That is, it. it just screams the retro. Hot belly on them is quite cool. Yeah. Harad, silver bear. <clears throat> be all that you can be. And if you can't, then be a dwarf. <laughs> Wow, the nostalgia feels as strong with this. Really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've travelled back twenty years. <laughs> back when things were better. <laughs> Miniatures were on twenty mil square bases that ranked up. Before I think that's quite nice. Times. I think that I really like about them, especially with the, what you see with the dwarves. There mm-hmm. is that you've got that 
like they're clearly i mean obviously they're fantasy miniatures because they're dwarves yeah. but i love that they've got that historical edge to them so they feel like they've taken as they used to do back in the day norman. like the norman sort of yeah. norse vikingy type thing and roll with that which i think is really cool um and it makes that it, i think that's what gives it that sort of old school feel i think that's very nice yeah but yeah moving away from the uh the sci-fi and the fantasy uh there are a couple of other ranges so commando strike is a set of world war ii miniatures oh. that they're they're working on um and specifically looking at things that don't get featured much uh, so in this case starting off with the royal hungarian army uh, which is you know i have to say fairly out there as far as uh, a member of the axis powers goes uh, don't really get much of a look in that's slightly changed i suppose since um fortress budapest was done by um for bold action by warlord so but yeah just being able to get your hands on hungarian is one of those factions that again people sort of ignore but there's some really interesting uh conflicts and battles in around um hungary so like well, he's got a sword. Is he drawing a sword? <laughs> yeah, he's an officer type. Wow. Were these, like one of the, were these one of the guys that had like leftovers from World War One that they were using? Like or World War Two? They were pres- supplied by the by the Axes, were they? Because yeah. like you get a lot of these armies with sort of similar looks to them. Yeah, they 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 got an awful lot of kit, uh, like the Finns and some of the others from Germany, so they end up with a lot of either Germans, German actual produced stuff or um, stuff that was produced to pattern. So they had their own tanks and tank hunters that were, you know, a bit dodgy on it. <laughs> um, but then various bits of weaponry and the like that, you know, they'd be given the schematics and was like, go make these yourself. Panzer Schreck teams, very nice. Are they just doing this as a uh, kind of a bolt-on for people to use with other games, or are they or, or are they looking at making like a small game for this as well? Or at the moment, it's just a bolt-on. So it's just if you're after the the more esoteric or the smaller nations, uh, I really hope somebody comes to your door and you have to run down there immediately. Oh, not have to get your hands off. Uh, but yeah, uh, just just so that people can get their hands on on these, and like I say, the the range is already fairly comprehensive. If you want to play the likes of Chain of Command or Bold Action, uh, you'll be able to field an entire Hungarian force, mm. pretty much in its entirety, with with all the trimmings. Very nice. Uh, Flamethrower yeah. team is just filth, absolute filth. <laughs> always take horrible. at least one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how filthy they are. You should always take them. I like those. They're really nice. And yeah. it kind of, it, it goes to the thing that we've talked about on previous indies where we've been like, it's nice to fill in the gaps in history mm. and play around with different armies that you wouldn't necessarily do so. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So an extensive range of uh, Hungarians, just like Granville from Open All Hours. <laughs> just, you know, that's one for the kids. I'm all about throwing out the references for the kids. <laughs> Uh, last thing we'll have a look at is they do uh, obviously we've already seen some of the orcs uh, come courtesy of Black Tree uh, they also have this range of grim swords who are very sort of heroic types from Black Tree um, so I think we've looked at Black Tree in the past Black Tree is a difficult one to look at because you're never entirely certain whether or not they're actually open yeah <laughs> but 
if you're after some interesting 20 ml fantasy sort of uh, hero types, yeah. Yeah. yeah, heroes for your forces, you can find all sorts in here. Lots of thieves for playing <laughs> for playing games incorrectly. <laughs> Just say. Well, you know, a lot of these because they're so individual. You can grab a ton of these and just go nuts in Frostgrave. Yeah, that's yeah, true, yeah. yeah, definitely. Play play game correctly. <laughs> but it what? It's a skirmish game. Yeah, that's why we played correctly. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're, I heard you're not you or the mentor. I'm sorry, sorry. You the calm unit went down. Oh. Too many explosions nearby. That's <laughs> her. No, it's the commissar really yelling nice. behind me, going, "Go forward, or I shoot you." That's it. I man. love that guy. He's awesome. Mm, very cool. You'd want you'd want to. I I like painting books on miniatures, <laughs> and that's just I love that. It's got all the proper like things. Okay. The fact he's adjusting his glasses so you can yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why do Justin's always get a bad rap here? He looks terrible. <laughs> I didn't think he looked that bad. He looks quite similar to you at the minute, sort of a fantasy version of you. <laughs> yeah, version. Look, at, look how clean shaven he is. Yeah, so yeah, smooth. yeah. There was an unfortunate trimming incident moving on. He's got, got the same rigging outfit. Uh, you need to get back chest. up to uh, officer rank, uh, Justin, yeah. so you can grow your hair back out. That's what's different about you today. I was thinking Justin looks different, but I couldn't put lace Because he's removed, he's removed this beard. <laughs> to become that before <laughs> after before it's the same picture uh, but yeah so a little set of that's really nice fantasy yeah. heroes um, which is always good to be able to get your hands on them and uh, handsome wizard with a flourishing beard and big hair but yeah uh, I really like what um, Seb have been up to sort of a mix of the old and the new, so to speak, and mm. uh, and trying to get people back into things like Void 1.1, because it was a, a corker of a little game. Um, there were an awful lot of them at that period that just seemed to have been blown away over time by the, the behemoth that is uh, 40k and then sort of forgotten about. So I think they're, they're well worth the time taking a look, especially when you can just go in and download uh, yeah, the... Yeah. The watch me do dads. Well, we saw we saw what the community was like when everyone got that nostalgia hit for Warzone when when that was going to get revamped and stuff. Mm. Obviously, that's still in the works and still happening. But having someone like that to go and check out as well sounds like a really cool idea. I'd love yeah. to give that a shot. Yeah, it's like. Worth checking out then. So that is Seb Games, and we are going to be right back with some news coming to you from the center of northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh- you love. It's the motherfucking news. <laughs> okay, we are back to take a look at the news, and we've got a bumper package for you today. Ben, where are we kicking off? Uh, well, we're going to be diving in with a little bit of a sort of preview of something that's coming up in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, so the folks over at Free League at the end of last week announced that they're going to be working with Andy Chambers to create a new miniatures game. Uh, now, a lot of him. Yeah, he's the man who is behind Battlefleet Gothic and Necromunda and a bunch of other games, including Drop uh, Fleet Commander as mm-hmm. well, with the folks at Quark uh, War Games and then TT Combat. So yeah, very cool. Uh, but yes, yeah, so he's working with them. 
and also the original uh, author and designer of Mutant Year Zero, Thomas Harrenstam, uh, to create a new miniatures war game that is based around the Mutant Year Zero license. It's called Zone Wars. Uh, and as you can see here, they're going to be creating a line of miniatures, including some awesome ducks and all sorts of creepy, weird mutants and all sorts of fun things uh, for you to play out sort of squad-based campaign games on the tabletop. Uh, they talked a little bit about sort of what they're planning to do with this. Uh, there was no sort of in-depth stuff about the actual rules themselves as it were mm -hmm. at the moment but they are they have said that it's going to be completely compatible with the mutant year zero role-playing game so you'll be able to switch between the two meaning that you could use characters from the role-playing game in your skirmish games and then you could also use the characters from your skirmish games in your role-playing games so i'd assume it's going to be a very nice halfway house between the two which i think is really nice to see um the Kickstarter campaign is going to be focused around creating a couple of different box sets of miniatures mm -hmm. for you to use in your games. Uh, so there's going to be box sets that will include the miniatures that you see here alongside paper terrain for you to quickly build things on the tabletop. Mm -hmm. There's also going to be a rule book in there, of course, uh, including cards and dice and a bunch of other bits and pieces as well, which I think is really nice. So you've got your tokens and everything else that you'd want for playing the game. Um, as I say, this is going to be coming to Kickstarter in the near future, so watch out for that one. Uh, but yeah, I think this looks really cool. Um, I've, Free League do amazing stuff, as we've uh, you know looked at in the past with them. Uh, so it'll be very nice to see what happens when they step into the miniature wargaming sphere. So, yeah, yeah they've, they have an awful lot of really good licenses. Mm -hmm. A lot of really interesting licenses that you're going, whoa, if they made miniatures for that. I mean, if they're going to do the Mutant Year Zero stuff, um, I imagine Draca Octimina oh, or yes. uh, Dragonbane. I mm. can't I have to keep remembering what the English name is because um, it's different. Cause I, I, just, I, I just call it Draca Octimina. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, Dragonbane. So you imagine if, if this is successful, then we'll see the fantasy version uh, based around that would be yeah. excellent. Um, and then obviously Vesson as well. Sky's the limit. Yeah. I mean, they also uh, own the rights to the book stuff for Lord of the Rings, and you never know. Maybe we'll see something in that vein as well. That could be pretty cool. Oh, because that's true. Yeah. Games Workshop have access to the movie stuff, mm. for the most part. So we maybe see something happening with the books, potentially. You never know. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, time will tell. Especially um, if it's done based on the artwork from those books, because, oh, chef's kiss. Or wolf's kiss, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, say nothing. Next up, we're going to be looking at actually some dystopian wars. Mm. Ooh. Uh, so uh, if anybody's already picked up things like the Hunt for the Prometheus box set, which comes with sort of two starter fleets, or if they're thinking about getting the new Strigidium Skies Imperium and Crown fleet, uh, then there's always the question of where do you go next? Uh, and what they've done at War Cradle is actually come up with a pair of boxes that go beyond the two-player starter set and add stuff for both fleets, uh, along with a whole host of other bits and pieces. So in both cases, uh, you'll get something that brings a new aspect or a, an upgrade to your current readied fleet. Uh, so this is the Sturginium Sky with uh, additional crown support. And then to those massive colossi. colossi. Uh, for amazing. The, the, <laughs> the Temple Hof, I think, for punching people. Uh, but you can see in the background, they actually also come with some terrain as well. Uh, and likewise, the Promethean set that goes beyond also has that same terrain. And there's a very good reason for that. And then we have the Enlightened and the uh, Commonwealth, 
No. Uh, no, it's. Oh yeah, enlightened Commonwealth. Sorry, it is. That's all right. Okay, I've, I've gone out of my old fussled. age. It's, it's, that's old age creeping in on me. Anyway, again, adding some of these massive uh, colossi for both sides in this case, mm. including the enlightened uh, floating buglets that can explode on. It contact. is the enlightened of the Commonwealth. Yes, I uh, just yes. checked. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the the interesting thing for me, apart from the ability mm -hmm. to easily expand both fleets from the starter set into sort of more comprehensive forces uh, is the fact that they've decided to do it with these sort of packages that also contain the terrain pieces and the terrain yeah, pieces. Yeah, I really like those. Yeah. They're bundled in because there's a little mini campaign booklet in both sets in the same way that the two-player starter sets have a mini campaign that sort of tells a narrative story. These are part and parcel of that. So when you're playing, you can play through another narrative uh, set with your fleets and then when you're not you can just use them as additional bits and pieces on the tabletop for terrain because uh, when you've got a big open sea it's sometimes difficult to put different terrain in all you end up with is just icebergs or islands all the time um, whereas yeah. having some abandoned fortresses or possibly manned fortresses uh, taking pot shots at people as they, they drift past uh, could always be a bit of a laugh and uh, say both both sets come with one of these campaign books specific for the uh, the fleets in question. So Mr. Janine Skies gets to see whether or not a Templehof can just lean on a crown ship and just push it under the water and watch the bubbles come up. <laughs> I imagine that's what they do. Pick I mean, it up and use it like a sword. That's, that's right. Well, yeah, not that. I'll go a little bit Never Pacific that. Rim. Let's yeah. zoom out until we see that in its entirety there. That one. This is the one that comes in. All right, so there's another campaign then, in addition to the one that's in the in the starter set. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so each, each of the Beyond ones has one for their respective fleets. Yeah, He's and telling again, the this, story going forward. Yeah, this is something I really like when companies do a Beyond box like this because how many times have you got into a game? You've got your first few under your belt. You've had your fun with the starter set, and it's just like, <laughs> where do I go next? <laughs> well, but it's it's that major stumbling block that so many people have. I like obviously, the obviously off to a, a battle platform in the middle of the North Atlantic for punchings. Yeah. I like the inclusion of the terrain. It's a bit like those islands that you can buy, you know, the big concrete ones that just sort of float around. Well, they don't float around, but you know. Do you know how islands work? Uh, <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. It's technically right, Ben. Plate tectonics. Well, yeah. I'm saying nothing. Right. <laughs> beyond the beyond boxes, though, uh, there are also some new fleet boxes on the way. Uh, yeah. So the Protector. Battlefleet is coming. Uh, so this is more Canadian crown nonsense. Uh, in this case, they thought, what would happen if we took our carrier and made it a submarine so that the people can't shoot at it until it arrives and then bobs up, uh, which, you know, is always it's a very filth. cool idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, funny oh, thing filth. is, the Japanese in World War II actually built a submarine like that. Did they? Yeah, they did. It, it launched the Skype plane. Oh. I have a feeling this one launches more than one plane. Yes, it yes. has all the hallmarks of something very, very filthy. I think they're leaning into their French side, that crown flag. <laughs> uh, they also have their, uh, their support vessels, obviously, okay. with all the up-armoured uh, hulls on the front there as well. Yeah, to get and stomping in there. many torpedoes, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, well, you know, you'd want some torpedoes. Either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you, be Jerry, you wrong want not torpedoes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, if... Life gives you torpedoes, make torpedo aid. <laughs> uh, there's also the Mexican battle mm -hmm. fleet, uh, because things are kicking off uh, down Mexico way. 
uh, as the union are attempting to push further south and take uh, take chunks back from the the various empires that hold sway over the South America. Uh, so the Mexican battle fleet comes with a massive paddle driven uh, battleship, and also again more flyers because everybody wants flyers Bunker. these days. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I actually love the design of the the little cruiser sized uh, aircraft carriers. You can't see it very well on this picture, but you see behind the smoke stacks. Yeah, elevator that brings your aircraft up. Oh. It's actually a circular elevator. That's nice. very like cool. That. I'll, yeah. I'll see if I can find a picture with another angle of that just if, to show you. If I remember correctly, I think these, rather than being sort of planes, are more like um, miniature oh, colossi or bigger version of Teslas. Oh yeah, Tesla bots. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're, they're sort of uh, unions yeah. leaning into their their more Teslated form. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and then finally, there's the. Dage. This is the funky one. I love this one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, this is the Sultanate moving into, uh, I want to say, more the Egyptian flavor um, of of faction. So the the idea within the various empires, the likes of the Crown. Obviously, you have your British fleets, but then your Canadian fleet has its own little twist on it. And likewise for the Sultanate, while they are very much still part of the, the Sultanate's empire and fleet, some of them lean slightly in different directions. And uh, in some cases, they're sort of influenced by orders within the uh, Sultanate empire itself. But these these are sort of uh, the people coming off the Nile and doing the Lord's own work. In this case, the Lord may or may not be Ra. Mm -hmm. who, can, who can say? Um, but... And the, the yeah the retage is like a portal shift yeah. that kind of can bamf stuff into battle yeah. which i think is amazing it's, it's stuck here <laughs> it's yeah. ra tells them to go and put a portal behind uh and i talk about this with chris and in one of the videos anyway but the the portal can leapfrog uh but be orientated in different ways uh so you can put a portal behind your opponent and if your opponent is crowned, you have better armor at the front, and then you just start launching rockets through your end of the portal, and then they come out behind the crown. <laughs> oh, that's the cool. side. Oh. Uh, then you've avoided that terrible up-armored front. Um, so yeah, so there's filth like that coming as well. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing for the the Sultanate fleets is the way they actually have their design stuff. There's a lot of it has a, a catamaran feel to it. Mm. Yes, and there's some of the cruisers that you can actually take two cruisers and slap them together with like a bridging piece in between and make a grand cruiser. Which is a really nice piece of modular design. Yeah, because at first glance they thought that was two ships, but that's actually one ship. It's right yeah. at the top of that image with the yeah. generator in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just such a cool aesthetic for them. It also uh, it stops everything having the same silhouette as well. Uh, yeah. When you're dealing with a lot of boats, uh, it's nice to have some boats that look slightly different. So, but yeah, lots of interesting stuff coming. You'll be able to find out more about a lot of this stuff when yeah, it, definitely. Chris yeah. sit down and chat. Uh, your future, my past. Time <laughs> Starting Monday. Starting Monday. Yeah. By March. Right. Who's next? Uh, so next up, we're going to be diving into a little bit of historical stuff. Uh, this one comes from Micro World Games. And I've started to go down this route of looking at a few more smaller scales currently in the news over the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And one of those is going all the way down to itty bitty six mil. Um, and this is some very nice stuff for the Chinese warring states. So this is if you are looking to play out some sort of ancient battles with your Chinese forces on the tabletop. Uh, so these were originally a range that got kickstarted not too long ago. Uh, and now they've become available over on their web store. 
And I've got to say, for 6 mil models, I think these are really, really well detailed, really nicely proportioned, have a really nice feel to them and look and everything like that. Um, so they've done uh, the command set, which we were having a look at before, and then they've also done a set of infantry as well. So you've got your spearmen, and actually a lot of it's pictured here, really. So you've got the spearmen, which are kind of your standard fellows with the shields ready. You've then got your heavy infantry, so your G infantry, and you've also got medium infantry as well, and then some cavalry elements going into the mix at the same time. So they've kind of really now covered the bases for sort of an entire um, Chinese warring states army of that mm. period, effectively. You've got all your basic stuff um, set and ready to go. Um, as I say, you know, six mil is one of those kind of scales that uh, is. I think a lot of people should have a, look, a little bit of a look at because uh, small scale gaming is definitely the way forward if you want to play out big battles. You know, there's an impressiveness to doing it in 28 mil, obviously. Uh, but I think for the sake of people's tabletops, um, maybe playing with a smaller set, <laughs> smaller set yeah. of models is the way to go. And uh, and as you can see, I think the detail on these is phenomenal. Um, I love that you get to see all of the different armor segments. You get to look at their weapons and all of their accessories and all that kind of stuff as well. And uh, they come because they come in all the different poses too. It means you can make some really nice dynamic units. Mm. Uh, and you can obviously at this scale, you're going to be playing things in footprints rather than you yeah. know ranking up, etc. Uh, so you can do some really nice stuff with dioramas and vignettes and everything as well at six mil, which I think is quite nice. I mean, you could have some fun painting these up. You could do them as like a full terracotta army or like a full jade army. Yeah, Make a you could get them super easy. You could go like proper full on fantasy style if you wanted to. That would be a really nice way to go, especially playing uh, around with a lot of those fantasy games that just use footprints as their as their way forward. That'd be really nice. Yeah, fantastic uh, battles. Fantastic battles would be a good one. Mm, yeah. The other thing that I really like about these uh, is, you know, obviously talking about painting there uh, is the 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 idea that you could paint them in. In very different ways very quickly like a lot of people will think that small scale gaming and i know this is a myth that it has long been dismissed almost takes longer in actual fact in many cases it's easier because you could either go down the route of just doing the base coats and then put a wash over them and they're done or just spray them in one of those kind of base um uh, base sprays from games workshop or whatever and then use speed paints and contrasts and away you go it's basically doing everything for you really which is quite nice so yeah you had to click it you had to click it <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have to but I was thinking, are there any chariots about? Oh, uh, yes. And right. while there may not be any for the, um, specifically for the Warring States Chinese, although he does look about right for it. Yeah, yeah, there, there are there are Chinese chariots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. um, but I would have cried if there wasn't. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, some really nice designs, as you can see, and uh, the the set, well, the collection has expanded very, mm. very nicely since the Kickstarter came out. And all of the basic stuff is there for you to work with, which is which is always good to see. So, yeah. Good Dark Age stuff for your mm -hmm. games of Saga. Yeah. Uh, I think of, uh, there's a lot of creators out there that do small-scale stuff, and Microworld are definitely up there when it comes to sort of between sort of 6 through to 15. So. It's very small. Down there. Down, down, down. Yeah. That down, was down close. There. Yeah. That was close. We, we nearly did another end of the week there. Well, yeah. <laughs> well maybe we'll come back to it. That's, Don't I? that's true. Yeah. Never know what's going to be happening in the future. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, moving away from the Warring States and uh, back to Halloween chat then. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the folks at uh, Cubicle 7 have put together two awesome Halloween adventures for you to dive into with your role-playing games, be that Age of Sigma Soulbound or Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Um, so the first of these uh, is going to be taking place in the cursed city of Ulfenkarn, and this is Vosheim's Holdouts. 
So in this, uh, you play as the Soulbound characters, which we've looked at in the past and we've done Let's Plays and all that kind of stuff. And normally you go down the route of playing these big, larger-than-life heroes like the Stormcast Eternals and all this kind of thing. In this, you're going to be using the Age of Sigmar Soulbound Grim and Perilous rules, which mm -hmm. means that things are a lot tougher and a lot harder. And you're going to be playing as a bunch of characters that come uh, pre-generated in the pack, which is always nice. Uh, and you're going to try and survive the night in Ulfenkarn, the cursed city, whilst the vampires are prowling around on the streets and trying to kill you. Maybe there'll be a few werewolves as well. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, some really nice stuff there for Age of Sigmar Soulbound. Make sure you pick this up. This has been designed as a one-shot session, so you could set it up on Halloween on, on, on Monday. Dive in and just have some fun with it and see what you think. Um, the second of these is for the other end of the Warhammer world, going back to the world that was. Uh, and this is Skeleton Crew. This, again, is a one-shot that's been designed for you to play in one session. Uh, and this one takes place on the Sea of Claws, which was recently expanded upon in one of their supplements called, funnily enough, Sea of Claws. Sea of Claws, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, this will have you playing as a crew of heroes who have been sent to make sure a cog full of the dead manages to get to their resting place before things go bad. But as you can see from the artwork... Things never go quite as easily as you'd think in the old world. There's uh, always something in the background. <laughs> I've, I've got that ship. Uh -huh. I was chasing them. It was one yeah. of the, oh, what was that terrible Dread book game? Dreadfleet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it was the undead one. We still have a copy kicking about in here. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a copy. In a corner. Everybody <laughs> thought it was going to be Man of War, and then we got it and discovered yeah. it was not. Um, hey, so, yeah. you, need, you need some skulls to chase my rhyme, Jay. Look, I could just go. Green, green, green stuff that no, I, I've, I've got one too I've got one too <laughs> I, I was getting my games workshop on there Woo. that is interesting to say the also so yeah make sure you pick that up you'll be uh, trying to battle against Captain Vangheist and his ship the Shade Wraith that we saw there in the background for another little bit of a one shot so if you like your Warhammer and you like role playing and you want to have some fun on uh, Halloween uh, Halloween day halloween mm -hmm. eve i guess <laughs> uh, then you can dive in and have some fun with that over the next couple of days uh for either the world of soulbound and the mortal realms or the old world so mm. yeah go and check it out or if you aren't planning on playing a game this monday night uh, and you just want to watch us doing this <laughs> yes badly then you can do that as well um are the older adventures still available yeah, so all of the older Halloween stuff is is available. So if you want to if you want to watch us play Feast of Blood, which was the one that we did with Cubicle Seven, I think it was last year. Last year, uh, then you can go and pick that up and see whether or not you can do better than we did. So yeah. shouldn't be hard. Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you know, low goal post here. Yeah, we spend a lot of time opening things that we probably shouldn't have opened. So yeah, it was the yeah, time. Uh, anytime I'm in a role playing group, there's always one person who has to get babysitted by the others. Yeah. Oh, come on. It's not my turn again, is it? Yeah. Stop and, touching things. And, and if, if you're part of a role playing group and you don't have that person, then it's you. <laughs> the more you know. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. Right. Um, Flames of War, then. Campaigns. Yeah. Campaigns yeah, but, are the order of the day this year, it seems. 
Mm. So uh, Bold British came out uh, quite recently. So you've been able to get your hands on the core set and the book and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but kind of alongside that, they've released a set of um, sort of accessories and all that kind of thing that will help you sort of delve deeper into your game. So the first one of these uh, is actually kind of like a, a little bit of a repackaging, but also mm. sort of like an update of one of the campaign packs they've done before. So this is a Firestone campaign for Operation Market Garden. And inside this set, you'll get everything for playing out that kind of market guarding campaign mm -hmm. on the tabletop um, it's basically been designed for a store or a club or just a bunch of friends um, to dive in and start playing out a really fun campaign uh, using the flames of war rules and also this is kind of like a little bit of a game within a game at the same mm -hmm. time so i saw a lot of people actually saying that they've just picked up this set and literally just played out the campaign bit and mm -hmm. sort of done everything with that on the larger map, which I think is really nice. Um, so you could go down two different routes with it, however you like to do so. Um, so yeah, a really fun one for people diving into playing as the British and wanted to take on the Germans in the sort of bold British fashion, which is quite nice. Mm. Um, alongside so, that... So well, just to clarify, so they played the campaign but didn't do any of the battles? So they played the campaign out, but everything was done on the map and they didn't play with any of the miniatures when they did it, which I think was quite cool. So how did so, they resolve the battles? I have no idea. I have no idea. They just, they, they, <laughs> <laughs> Dice off. Oh, yeah. He rolled a five, and I rolled a six. Yeah. There, there might be there might be specific campaign rules in there. I think there are for playing um, stuff on there because yeah. you'll hit multiple encounters, but you might not want to play every single mm. game as a game. Mm. You know, if you've got five actions cropping up across various roads and, and paratroopers and all the like, you might go, "Well, we've got time to play one or two games this week, so we'll do those, and then we'll push on the others in a different way." Yeah, yeah. Because I know um, Bold Actions Combined Arms does that. You can choose to either resolve it using the mechanics of the campaign or you can play it a full game. So. Sweet. Something definitely to check out. Uh, mm. Alongside that, we've also got the uh, a couple of gaming sets that came out for the Bold British. Um, so there are sets now for uh, the British Airborne, if you want to do it themed that way, uh, the 7th Armoured and the 11th Armoured uh, companies. Uh, and this means you get a set of themed dice, as you can see there, alongside uh, the sort of acrylic plastic tokens um, for use just in general for all the kind of conditions that you'll be affected by during your battles. And also you get those really nice objective uh, tokens as well. You get two of those in each set, which is quite nice. Um, so if you if you are someone who has everything for the bold British already, or the, just the British in general, then maybe this would be a nice present for them to go and pick up. Uh, yep. and, and you can grab them at stored on, on tabletop.com. Yes, you can. I was going to go swing, but I don't have the t-shirt. <laughs> no swing. Going, going back to that campaign, though, do you know what yep. might be kind of cool is if you got a set and your mate got a set, and you played it at distance, like I'll have my campaign in my house and you have your campaign in your house and you do that thing like where, you know. So when you, you don't know where the enemy are until you both enter the same square or like an adjacent square. Oh, oh I guess you could do it that way. I was thinking more no. like the way that you play a chess game at distance where you yeah, know where everything is. Oh, I, right. I, I, I was but, thinking something along that, the lines of battleships. Yeah, but that way you could have, you can play through the game and then you decide whatever state you're in on the Saturday, that's the battle you have. Hmm. That would be cool. And then you mm -hmm. play the next week. I don't know how long it takes, but if you, if you played the next week and then whatever state you were that weekend, that's the battle you have. Mm -hmm. That'd be yeah. kind of sweet. Yeah. yeah. And it gives um, you prep time in case you're, you know, catching up on painting. Yeah. The other thing that's really nice about this now as well is because Games Workshop... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. That's a Freudian set. Uh, because uh, Battlefront have gone down the route of 
making those new command card sets and stuff where you can mm. add like famous individuals or, or particular fighting units from the, the time. You could really tell out the very specific stories and really delve into the narrative side of things, which I think is quite nice, especially with that campaign set. Yeah. However, yeah. if you want to go down the other route and do something a little bit more competitive, then there's also another set that's been brought out for clubs and stores to pick up, which is the Flames of War Challenge Board. Um, so this has been designed for you to run ladder tournaments and all that kind of thing on the tabletop. Uh, so it's effectively a big, lovely poster uh, that you'll be able to put up in your store. Uh, and alongside that, you'll get uh, tokens and all sorts of other bits and pieces uh, for you to use on the tabletop. You've got little tiny dog tag name tags, which I think is quite nice that you can put uh, on the board. Not in the old German style? <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, it's basically just a really nice way to set up like proper competitive tournaments in your stores and clubs and stuff and uh, just have fun that way. So there we go. Something Fascinating for stuff. Yeah. I'm deeply interested in the, I never picked up the old Firestorm campaign. Um, so I'm not sure how this one compares. So I'd be tempted to pick this one up for Flames of War anyway. I know a few people were looking at it going, uh, the problem is it will be too tournamenty, too pointy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have the Normandy campaign that Battlefront did, and it contained the order of battle. So you had the um, the actual units that were involved there. I went, if you plan on replaying it, this is how you do that. And I imagine it's going to be the same for this campaign. Here's your oh, order yeah. of battle. Yeah. Here's who was there and where they were. And then it's up to you to, to take them forward. But yeah. if you don't have the requisite miniatures, then you can play these in a similar way by doing X, Y, or Z. So either they yeah. give you restrictions or they give you points values if you want to refight something less historically accurate. Well, because we saw in the image they gave like that sheet with a breakdown of the units that were available. So I reckon that's probably what they've yeah. done. So yeah, very good. I know a few people were questioning, but based on based on previous campaigns, I imagine both are applicable depending on how accurate you mm. want to be with your World War II gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to mm. the War Cry. Yes. Um, so it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but there's a new Warhammer Age of Sigmar Warcry set that has been announced. Oh, yes, I hear you cry. Another one? <laughs> I, it's just what I wanted. But you hear uh, the wallet cry. <laughs> that's exactly true. Do yeah. they release a new one every time there's a new prime minister? <laughs> if, if so, somebody needs to stop that. that. The case. I mean, that it kind of feels case. like they're playing past the parcel, but... Okay. I don't know. I don't even think Games Workshop could even compete with that release schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, so this is Warhammer Age Sigmar Warcry, uh, Sundered Fate. Um, this is a new set that comes with two new uh, bespoke warbands for both the Seraphon and also those people who love their chaotic stuff. Um, you get, you'll still be fighting in the Gnarlwood as you were in the last set, uh, but they've kind of expanded things and sort of taken things closer towards that void ship that fell from the sky from the Seraphon. And in this case, the hunters of Huanchi are going to be trying to defend that void ship from the encroaching forces of the Jade Obelisk, as we'll look at in a second. But this is the Skink Warband, which comes with a whole bunch of possibly the best skinks, which chameleon are chameleon skinks. skinks. Oh, everyone loves chameleon skinks. Minus one to head. <laughs> I mean, yes. I feel sorry for this one little guy who's just got the, the horn, and it's just like, Oh, wait, no, I meant my blowgun. Damn it. <laughs> he's got both. Don't worry. As long as he doesn't get his hands mixed up when somebody's running at him. That's yep. true. And instead that's of taking him out, just gives him a quick chin. Yeah. And does a suck in. Oh, no, I've inhaled the needle. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. 
Uh, but Ooh, this, the raptor that, things are kind of cool. Oh yeah, I love the or sort the of pterodactyl yeah, yeah, yeah. in the background. I think they're really nice. Obviously plays into that idea of the seraphim having lots of dinosaur-themed stuff. Is that um, a bell on one of them? Uh, I like, think it's like a little gold collar, like a name tag, if I uh, please return to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they've got little rings around their feet as well. Yeah. We're carrying messages. Maybe they're like racing pterodactyls <laughs> or something. Yeah, uh, but I can't remember what were they called back in Warhammer the old in in the old world that you could have skinks riding on the back of pterodons. I, 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 can't th- I think they were pterodons or pterodactyls. Called pterodons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, pterodons. yeah. Nice I, I could lift the book off that shelf, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the laziness. No. Uh, but yeah, so you get three kind of winged creatures to use in your warband alongside a huge amount of chameleon skinks that are no doubt going to have some fun stealthy rules and poison weapons and all that kind of thing to use in Warcry. Well, and, has a ball uh, ass or a yeah. Going oh, up against them. A ball ass? Which one has the ball <laughs> ass? The ball is. <laughs> I can't face palm because I don't know where my face is. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot feel my face. Yeah. Uh, and along, going up against them, we have the cult of the Jade Obelisk. Uh, and this is a Zentian cult uh, that hails from the city of, and I put this down because I couldn't remember it, Nefikar. Uh, sure. And they are a peoples that live within this sort of Narwood as it's expanded. And to gain powers, they uh, made um, bargains with a, a god, which turns out obviously to be Zench, <laughs> but obviously in a different Unlucky. guise. Uh, and now they have gained magical powers and all sorts of different abilities, but their bodies are slowly turning to stone, which I think is really cool. So they're going to all turn into living uh, statues by the end of it, which I think is nice. So not masks then, actually mm. just... Uh, well, it could be, could be one of the two. It could be... I, well, I, I, I mean, think they're masks, but... They're uh, being very teasy with the way they're looking at people, though. It's all... <laughs> it's all side eye. Yeah, it's all side eye. Yeah, although th- this, this poor guy on the left, he's then just, you know... Like he rocks around as soon as someone's mouth covers up, it's just like, no, I got you. Go have dinner. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, you get a, a really nice set of miniatures there, I think, which uh, again will take things in a different direction and sort of go down the route of exploring the chaos gods via their different sort of aspects within the mortal realms, which is always nice to see, uh, and sort of exploring another human civilization within the mortal realms at the same time. I think again, this is one of those box sets where like I'm that. pretty I'm pretty sure that I like both of the warbands mm. in this set. Yeah, I think they're both okay, pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, um, sometimes they can be really polarizing, but they've they've nailed it this last couple of times. Yeah, I think they're very nice. Uh, very nice, different aesthetic from a lot of the stuff that you normally see as well. So mm-hmm. it's always good, especially with the the way that the hair's done and everything like that. It feels very sort of Minoan, Cretan yeah. kind of thing, which I think is quite nice, and sort of goes into the idea of like labyrinths and um, mysteries and and all that kind of thing. I, and Midas. And so I was looking at their very uh, quilty armor. Mm, yes, yes, very much so. Which is a very nice so, touch. Yeah. yeah, sweet to the beat. Mm-hmm. Right. But more from 40K then. Yes. So there's a couple more things to look at 40K. More. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, and there's some, there's some new scenery. This. There's some new scenery. There is new scenery. Well. scenery. So, yeah. It builds on what they've done before. So you've got muscular trees with big claws on them. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And lots of bony stuff as well. Um, so it builds on the stuff that we saw last time. Uh, so you can make bigger tabletops. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Uh, moving on from that, we've got some 40k. Uh, so it has now finally become the time where the leagues of Votan are going to be released properly for everyone. This is the updated everything. codex. <laughs> this is the updated. Yeah. Uh, I wonder tell, if it'll please tell me they, be Please tell me they had to reprint all the the custom ones that came out in those sets. Well, well, well I suppose we'll see. No, them. Uh, open uh, the books, just, I guess they'll I mean. just be FAQ'd. 
Yeah. Or someone went through with the biro and just crossed everything out <laughs> and did it again. So it'll be like Phil Kelly actually signed your stuff. Ben, can you, you even hold a biro at the minute with those wolfy paws? Uh, let me try. Yes. <laughs> I can, note, I can so note like, read anything. <laughs> so it's Leagues of Bolton redacted edition. Yes. 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 So uh, we've, been at it. we've looked at all this <laughs> stuff before. Um, so we'll just whiz through it all. It's all going to be available to pre-order this weekend from us here at, uh, on Tabletop. So go and check it out over at the store. So yes, you're going to have the codex. You're going to have the new dice. You're going to have the data cards. You're going to have the character, Uthar the Destined. You're going to have the combat patrol that we're looking at there. Very cool stuff for you to get started with. The dice uh, are cool. I really like the dice. I think they look very nice indeed. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how they how they look on an actual tabletop rather than just a white background, because mm. I wanted to see whether or not you can actually see the numbers okay. But it seems like they're they're pretty cool. Uh, so anyway, you get Utah the Destined, which can be built as a normal Carl. You get the Einhir Champion. You get the Grimnir, which is basically like a space wizard. Uh, <laughs> space Gandalf. Space <laughs> Odin, surely. Space Odin, yeah. He's only got one eye. Yeah. yeah. Uh you get the Brockier Iron Master, which is sort of like your engineer if you're going down a dwarven route, who comes hanging around with some more of his iron kin, as you can see, which is quite nice. Um, you then have all of your core stuff. So you have the Hearthkin Warriors, you have the Cathonian Berserks, you have the Einhir Hearthguard as well. So you've got your elites in your heavy armor, you've got your big upfront melee units, and you've got your core troops. You can see there, looking very nice indeed. Um, and then to cap everything off, we've got some vehicles to have a look at as well. So there's the Hernkin Pioneers, which are the zoomy zoomy things. Zoomy zoomy. <laughs> zoomy zoomy, zoomy so trikes. It's, it's three Rimbas. It's three Rimbas <laughs> attached to uh, a bike that lost its wheels because oh, it was on a council estate. Must have watched Hocus Pocus too. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got these uh, rocking up, which look quite nice, uh, alongside the Sagittar, which is kind of like the transport vehicle for the Leagues of Votan. Um, it'll be moon buggying around, shooting things in low gravity, no doubt. I still uh, say it looks like a space Winnebago. They're very thick roll bars on that. Mm. Well, there's a lot of lot of big thick stones <laughs> in, in space. Yeah, space stones, yeah. Space stones. <laughs> I can see that sort of flying across an asteroid as it tries to land I on another thinking, asteroid. Oh, not Mass Effect. Armageddon. Armageddon. Oh, Armageddon. Yes. We're just missing Rockhound on the gun at the back. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that because Deep, Deep Impact's better than Armageddon, but there we go. Oh! <laughs> uh, and and so then, war was declared. Uh, last of all, we have the Hecaton Land Fortress, which is just a big piece of plastic. Rah. Um, so if you're wanting to uh, kick off things and basically blow everything off the table with one vehicle, then you have this as well. Um, so yes, and interestingly enough, that is literally everything for the Leagues of Votan for Ninth Edition. At least, by their, at least as far as their codex is concerned at the moment. So if you're looking for an army where the choices are there, but they're not astronomically huge, like mm. Space Marines, for example, um, I can't see, there we go, right, <laughs> uh, then uh, maybe go and check out the Leagues of Otan because they're a pretty darn good army, even with the, um, the sort of debuff they've had recently and uh, not too much to choose from and looking quite nice because they're all new plastic models. So there we go. Wacky, wacky. But fun. wait... There's more, more because Private Macaulay over there. <laughs> you you had to take a second to remember my. I did, yeah. <laughs> I also, uh, I guess I've doxed you, Private Macaulay over there. <laughs> what about if I told you that there was a big tank that you could ride around on the back of? Would you want it? Yes. 
Right, cool, fantastic. I've ordered one. This is one coming to an Imperium force near you. This is the Rogal Dawn battle tank because Lieben Russ needed to be shown up. Uh, Rogal Dawn's the Rogal Dawn battle tank is rolling into the action. It is huge. I showed this to John and he put up a little SpongeBob I need it meme, um, which means that he's probably going to buy two or three of them. Um, <laughs> Depending on what is, his force organize. Well, that's true. It is huge. It comes with two massive battle cannons if you want to go down that route. There's also two other ways for you to build its turret mount. You can also add sponsons onto the side. And then there are also guns in the hull because who wouldn't want those? You know what? I'm even going to read every single one of the weapons off to you because I'm that kind of person. Two heavy stubbers, yeah. demolisher, twin battle. Yes. So, yeah. Yep. And it can have on the side. It can have two battle cannons or it can have an oppressor cannon because, of course. All by the oppressor. Uh, yeah. Then it can have a coaxial auto cannon on the side. Plus, oh God, it's hard to scroll in gloves. Uh, <laughs> it has a castigator gatling cannon, yep. a pulverizer cannon. <laughs> Plus, there's even more to come heavy stubbers or melter guns on the. Uh, Somewhere, heavy stubbers. <laughs> they're on, the, on the other one. They're down in the the hallway. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. heavy stubbers are on the front. Yes. Yeah, the melters are down in the front, and then you've got multi melters on the sponsons. Yes, multi melters or heavy bolters, and then away. And then, of course, there's a heavy stubber on the top for right. the person who's brave enough, which means you, Private McCauley, to stand on the top and I, fire. I have the enemies are coming. I have so but one gripe with this vehicle. I love the new design. I love that they're doing more stuff for the guard. It has one problem. There are too many different weapon types on this vehicle. It That's means how they sets. It's going to take you a half hour just to work through all your weapon profiles. Fire all the weapons. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, what's the big Primaris tank? The Repulsor? Not if you're playing. It's have the same problem as that. Not if you're playing John, though. He'll only ever fire one and then give up after the first one doesn't hit and go, I don't want to fire the rest. I'd say shot fired, but which one? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants um, to be that guy on the back? Nobody wants to be that guy on the back. Because some twit is going to be turning the turret and your ass is going to be facing the enemy. And you're like, what? Turn me back. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, one, th one thing that I know a lot of people have really liked about this is that the, the kit stowage. comes with the stowage. Oh, yeah, all the stowage is cool. The amount of people that have gone, stowage is the way forward. I love the stowage. I'm going to use that on my other tanks and all that kind of thing as well. So um, it seems like this one has gone down fairly well with everybody uh from uh that likes the astro militarum in 40k and stuff so if you're looking for a really big tank bigger than the lehman russ and all that kind of stuff uh then uh maybe go and pop one of these i will bet you that it will have a bigger so. price tag than a lemon russ probably yes someone has also pointed but, out hey they've got the kitty and gate who was Sorry, the guy wrong who, shoulder who was the guy who got his head cut off by um uh the uh emperor's children no, the, the Krogan. Yeah, uh, oh, someone will know. God damn it, my joke is falling apart before my eyes. <laughs> uh, not Perturabo. Uh, did he get his head cut off? I can't remember. Well, what, what are you blathering on about? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to write the joke in the comments instead, and people will laugh at it. it doesn't matter. Fail. You failed. I failed. Good day, sir. I should have prepared my joke, but then that means that I'm not improvising. Never mind. No one. Shocking. Absolutely they, shocking. If, if you need any proof, this is completely unscripted right there. Yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing for me is now that they've <laughs> ambiguated 
the Primaris version of the Russ. Mm. When is the Chimera coming? Yeah, Ooh, or the yeah. Basilisk. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Basilisk is a Chimera variant. So mm, they, need a, they need the new Chimera first. Is, yeah. that, is this going to replace the Russ then? Are people going to stop buying the Russ? Possibly, depending on what the rules are like for this. It's exactly the same as Space Marines and Primaris. Why buy, the, why buy the lesser version when it's got worse rules? Uh, but they've if it's a lot new, less points and you get more of them? They've made new Cadians mm. that are much bigger and would almost dwarf the Russ, therefore they need a bigger tag. And those guns are all there because it will therefore have better rules than a Russ. So how long until, you know, bigger, better Ogrins? Although I suppose they did them not too long ago. The, the Ogrins are relatively new, but the, yeah. the Chimera and the Russ have been around since day one. Mm. And then you've got the Valkyrie that you're going to need to up up. Again, this will hit the um, third party makers of alternative tanks and things because mm. the footprint of the tanks will have changed. Yeah, but again, it gives them an opportunity to do a whole new line of stuff for people. Also, I also reckon a lot of people will find a way to bodge the weapons anyway yeah. to, to fit tanks and all that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, a heavy bolter is a heavy bolter. Yeah. But, no, uh, I, just yeah. Mean, I just mean like the 40k crowd really like the footprint of their alternative tanks and stuff. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it, it gives them an opportunity to make something new to give them a new product to sell to well, people. Well, I suppose so. Because I'm looking at tanks for my, for my death core. And I was going to go alternative tank. And now I'm wondering, should I go alternative tank or I'm going to roll out something that's good at the wrong yeah. footprint? Or do yeah. I really care? I don't know. Or do you I, do I wouldn't care. You're, the I, people, the people that you care. play against Lloyd aren't going to yeah. care. <laughs> None of us. Yeah. None of us care. <laughs> you, you put whatever you want on the table and call it whatever you want. You don't put down a swarm of Cromwells from 15 mil back front <laughs> and tell me that there's your chimeras. You do you, son. Yeah. You go nuts. I'm quite content with that. Right. That's enough of this. Jibber jabber. Uh, we'll have a quick swish and come back to round out the show. Okay, folks, we are back and we're going to be having a look at some 3D printing. Yes. And Benjamino has found puppetry for us. I have. The gentle yes. art of puppetry. Yeah. But is it worry puppetry? It is, thankfully, for all us war gamers. Um, so yeah, instead of going to my mini factory and Patreon and all that kind of stuff, I thought I would have a look at the folks from Puppets War. So Puppets War have been around probably since the beginning of time at this point, probably. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's that's you know historical fact. Uh, and most people will be aware of them for their resin and plastic and bits and stuff that they can use for sort of making up armies on the tabletop of space marines and tyrannids yeah, and orcs they, and all that kind of stuff. Flame elementals. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't believe it's not Warhammer range. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, but over the last little while, uh, Puppets War have actually been designing a bunch of digital products to go alongside it all, uh, which allows them to dive in and create really interesting models for you to download and play around with at home. Uh, so you have things like Orc Walkers, which I think are amazing. And it's still October, Aww. so it counts. So there we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, they've obviously taken all of the techniques that they've learned from creating their standard range of miniatures. Uh, a lot of the time, that stuff will be, will be digitally done anyway, um, especially in the last couple of years. And I so then taking that one. to make some really fun stuff for you on the tabletop. Is that bottom stumpy one on the left there doing the thriller dance? <laughs> thriller. <laughs> Which again is very... Uh, <laughs> Just so. uh, befitting for Halloween. But, mm. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, they've got some really big stuff. They've got smaller stuff as well. They've got squads. Um, anyone just call out what they want to look at. I mean, the Bug Blade Lord is pretty awesome, especially if you're looking to be playing a lot of um, uh, one-page rules 
Shay, mm-hmm. and you want to have a uh, alien hives leader, Shay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very nice if you're going down the kind of tyranny route. But obviously, as you can see by the sort of face that they've done for it, they've got kind of like the alien vibes going on, which I think is mm-hmm. quite nice. I mean, Shay is looking at picking himself up a 4K resin bath printer. Well, there we go. That'd be something for him to potentially try out, try out Ooh, for himself. When he's a big boy. Yes, yes, yeah. big, big bug boy. <laughs> no point in having the small bug leader. Exactly. Yeah. yeah Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't be a bug blade lord. It might be like a juke. A juke. <laughs> what's what's the not dreadnought like at the very top? The Strider Walker. This one. Yeah. Like that. Uh, it's a bit like that. Yeah, it's given me vibes like of the Ed Two Hundred Nine. I like it. it. It's a bit more polished, a bit more sci-fi. That that reminds me of like a oh look at the one with oh, the little head in it. Yeah, it's like that, Johnny that, Johnny Five is really annoyed. That that would work really well in like an enforcers. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking enforcers warpath. I yeah, for the striders. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very nice. Or is or, the... or it's a bit tau like, so it could be human. True. Humans yeah, enrolled. Yeah. In yeah, the towel, so if you look, so if you look on towel suits that aren't towel suits because they're not quite towel, they're run by humans instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh nice. yes, you, you can have some of our technology, little monkey, but not the good <laughs> stuff. Shocking, yeah. absolutely shocking, especially from a towel. Moo moo moo. It's the noise of towel. <laughs> <makes. laughs> uh, let's see the orc bikers. These orc bikers. Now this is pad racing. I thought for a moment he was holding on to that. <laughs> Winging a bike around. Like, yeah. Those are he pretty may, cool. He may well be holding on to that. Yeah. Like a big balloon. Mm-hmm. Like an orky holiday helium balloon mm-hmm. towing it behind. Yeah. I mean, they, I, always, they always do great orc faces, puppet four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I love the fact that with, with these digital files, once you have them, you can make as big a unit of orc war bikers as you want. Yep. Very much so. Yeah. And also, the thing that's always nice about this stuff is that it's very, it's in keeping with the aesthetic of, you know, familiar games, mm-hmm. like Warhammer 40,000 or something, but with enough in there to make your army start to feel a little bit more unique from your mate's orc army and stuff like that, which is always nice. So just uh, we'll crack open some of these squads and have a look at them and see what they're, yeah. see what they're like. And it'll be cool. It's a bug squad of brute things. I mean, that's amazing. The other thing that's quite nice for these is they wouldn't necessarily have to just be used for sort of wargaming in the sort of like, in that sense, I reckon you could use these for board game stand-ins for things or if you were going to be going down the route of something so less mass battle and instead I'm playing Maggie, something skirmishing. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss, Maggie. Ah. Alternate miniatures for something like core space. Yeah, yeah, core they space look, or Frostgrave or... Yeah. Not Frostgrave. They, uh, they look Starcraft. a bit the Gears of war too, these ones. Oh, yeah. Bit, yeah, 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 yeah. And a bit doom, not doom, 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 doom. 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 I suppose it depends. It depends how you paint them. If you paint them as demonic creatures, then immediately you're suddenly getting a really fun, um, awesome demon army rather than it being an insectoid one. Which I think it's quite nice. I love that. Waka 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 waka. Yeah. What did they call these in the end? Uh, packbots. Packbots. That's amazing. Yeah. I love Pac-Man that. Pac-Man vibes yeah. all the way yeah. through. You just need to put a little bow on top of one mm. to make Mrs. Packbot. 
Well, I mean, what's ridiculous? I love those. They are really nice. A lot of people are playing, well, are looking at that module orca that we looked at a couple of uh, weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things would be really nice to sort of drop in as sort of squiggy, trappy bomb things as well. Well, I'm digging these as alternate gray knights. Mm. (laughs) Ultimate gray knights. Alternate, alternate. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) Alternate. I was like, ultimate gray knights. (laughs) Both can See, what we do is we put a gray knight inside of a gray knight. <laughs> That's what the dread knight was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we <laughs> see those things, the the tech assist uh, tech assistance in the middle. The, the, yes. That's yeah. And can I see the ninja strikers? Uh also right. he's a ninja. <laughs> oh they're those are awesome. They're creepy. It's that <laughs> Japanese horror thing where it's just like a head and a spine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like that, but in insectoid macoid form. I imagine those as kind of like Necron slave creatures or something. Oh, no, those are servo skulls and they just ran out of grav motors. You must walk. It's very similar to the Brainiac version from the failed Superman Lives project. Mm. All he needs is a big cloak around him. (laughs) People think he's a human. Yeah, (laughs) And then he tosses the cloak aside and it turns Um, out it's just all spidery limbs. (laughs) I like those, though. Yay, (laughs) Reppens. Like some blights, nerglings. I don't think they're nerglings, based on the size of that. If that's a human, mm. they might be like sort of minor demons. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, so. we might get a, a size comparison. But then I suppose three D print could be nerglings. Well, that is a person strapped to his uh, yeah. standard, mm. so <laughs> that does give you a little. Yes, bit but of if idea. if you scale them down, it's a child strapped to it. Oh, well, okay. Well, there we go. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's that grim dark so, going on. Yeah. Hey, I'm dressed for the occasion. Yeah. These ones. Oh, these are cool. Ninjas. Oh, it's very small. They're very far away and hidden. That's what. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, that, again, they're ninjas. They they must be small and hidden. But what's what's quite nice about that is you you get the pack of them rather than just like uh, files for a particular model hmm. in yeah. a particular pose. Yeah. So you get all the modular elements and then build them and pose them however you like, which I think mm-hmm. is really nice actually. What's so. that? Twelve head variants. Something yep. like that. Yeah. Looks like oh. that. What's up? Hey, with? look! There's me. If I died. Yeah. <laughs> We're moving away from it though. <laughs> what else we got? Ooh, Paladin chess set. Ooh. That's different. What's the little diorama? You... There's a little diorama one there. What is it? Yeah. I quite like that. That's really nice. That's cool. Yeah. Because you could obviously, I mean, obviously that's been designed as a chess mm. set, but all of those are just statues to put around your uh, <laughs> your battlefield, basically. Yeah, but point. if you, if you so. want to do them as a chess set, you just print in two different colored resins. Mm-hmm. That would be also a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. What's what bottom right? What's that little diorama looking thing? This. The Bushy Skirmish Diorama. It's a Bushy Skirmish Diorama. <laughs> I like that. So it's a clash between a bunch of power armored samurai, which looks quite nice. Yeah, but yeah. as we all know, you always paint up powered armored samurai like stormtroopers and Darth Vader. Oh, yes, yes. Which means this yes. guy in the middle is probably Darth Maul. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> and Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin having a pop so, in. There's a oh, pack quite, reactor. Oh, this be oh, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon yeah. and Obi-Wan. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, God. In fact, I think that's what that is, actually. No, that it probably is. Yeah, yeah, he's looks... got horns on that helmet in various yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, exactly the, what that the, is. The, the Tory gates are the, are the laser fields. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you have to paint the blades, his with red energy, and then the others with the blue and green. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I immediately like that diorama oh. even more than I did before. 
Oh, uh-huh. really even uh-huh. just the, the bridge and the Tory gates. That would be a really nice, just like terrain piece to put on your table. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Do they have any little terrain pieces in here? Or are they all? Oh well, there's the oh, gate on its own. There's the gate by itself. But mostly, it's just dioramas or miniatures. Yeah, they seem to have lent superhero landing striker. <laughs> they seem to have uh, lent quite heavily on the the sci-fi side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's. I, I think that's where that's a lot a of nice, their custom nice comes one. from. Yeah. In the in the in the grand in the grand scheme of things, because that's where they originally started out was creating the sci-fi bits for you mm-hmm. to make space marines and orcs basically on the tabletop, but with the puppets war bits. And as they've gone on, they've kind of developed and and changed things up and stuff. But yeah, so it makes sense for them to sort of focus on that as their digital assets as well. I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Wow. Well, I like it. Again, very enforcer. I would go with that maybe. Yeah, it up in big white armor. Be very nice. Let yeah. people know you're coming. <laughs> yeah. Very do any cool. do any tanks? There's all characters. It uh, well, there were there were a couple of vehicles that we saw at the start, yeah. but I think a lot of it is but based I don't around. Think there's anything bigger yeah. than a bike? Yeah, because yeah. there's or a walker, uh, Jaeger Prime bikers, Night Orcs Prime in bikers. Buster armor. I think yeah. it's mostly yeah, bikes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, bikes. Bikes seem to be the order of the day. We'll show this one warriors. just so that you get to see it, then Ben, because I know you want to. That's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah, a really nice take on the guardians. Zoom, zoom. Like Tron, just do all the glow lines. Oh yeah, he fights for the users. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, be amazing. Tron. I know. I, I can't. I, I hate can't. children for not watching Tron Legacy, so I didn't get my third. <laughs> I really enjoyed Tron Legacy. Yeah, that was yeah, great. but the children didn't go and see it, so they didn't make but... enough money, so they didn't make yeah. a third one. Oh, hate they've your children even done hate you so much. An attack bike variant, heavy prime raider, like prime beef. Ba-do-ba-do. Oh, that's nice that it's just a little turret on it. Why well, have someone sit in the side seat when you can fire the gun yourself? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or or automated, or automated. Yeah. 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 It is yeah. the future after all. But yeah, if you're interested in picking up some uh, sort of Puppets War stuff in digital format, then you can do that over on the web store. Go and see what you think of it and uh, have a little bit of fun with that stuff. And of course, make sure to go and check out the rest of their resin collection and all that stuff as well, because they do really nice bits and pieces for a whole range of different armies. So if you like physical stuff, they've got you sorted, but there is digital. And as you saw up in the top corner, there's also a little Patreon link there as well. Mm. So go and click on that, but I'll make sure there's a link down below as well. I I do wonder, can you buy the digital stuff as physical from them? Most of, most of the stuff that you saw there, there are kind of variants of it in the in the resin stuff. Mm. Uh, but obviously, that will be go down a big rabbit hole with that stuff. But if you yeah. like the look of, for example, the samurai power armored warriors, uh, there are versions of that stuff in their resin mm. range. So you can go and check those out, and basically just put them on top of primaris bodies and all sorts of different things. Mm. So, yeah. did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. That just leaves us with a couple of Kickstarters then to polish off another week's hefty showing. Uh, And we're going to be starting off with a hefty bit of 3D printing, actually. (laughs) So this is uh, the free trader Beowulf uh, from Second Dynasty for Traveller. If people are not aware of Second Dynasty. They've done a few ships before in 28mm 
uh, that are modular and open lock system of their own design. They did one Traveler, uh, I think the S-Type, prior to this, but now the Beowulf uh, is on its way, and it's a stonkingly huge bird. Uh, I want to say it was 83 centimeters, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there in, is in a, like, a section in this where it shows, yeah, someone holding oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So there's, there's Ben. They've been working on this for a little while. You can see some of the other ships behind it. Um, they do ridiculous stuff for tabletop gaming. Uh, now, Traveller obviously is a, a massive RPG. It's had like five editions. Uh, there, there's currently two running simultaneously. Mongus have like a rules light version that they've licensed, but the original designer still has his fifth. So 5T Traveller is, is going strong, which has got all the bells and whistles. And this Kickstarter is for not only the Beowulf, but also a whole host of ship design plans, plus the uh, virtual tabletop stuff for Rule 20 as well. So if you want to play uh, online with people far away, you can do that. But, I mean, the ship itself is... It keeps showing this map, but if you open the ship, does it have all those decks in it? Oh, yeah. Yes, and above and beyond that, uh, they've actually partnered up with like a, a lighting company. Mm. So there's actually a kit you can buy specifically for this ship that's designed just to go in. So you're not having to solder things together yourself. You just pop it into what's that's already it, there. That's it. Big opening up. So it uses. I, the, I love it. It's so good. I think the open lock system is used for here, but there will yep. be uh, some variations available, so you can change around some of the bits and pieces. Uh, and while they've tried to keep it as close to the Beowulf's floor plans as possible. Um, when they actually came to physically realize them, there were going to be issues with some things based on on where the uh, the various components are meant to be within the ship itself. Yeah, uh, like so staircases th- coming down on rounded hull segments. Yeah, so things have been stretched or tweaked or changed um, to get a playable version. Mm. Uh, those are the the actual X wing scaled size ships they've done about thirty of those already. Uh, but I mean, if you want to play out with the, the sort of the fleet combat, you can do that as well. Uh, but the guys over at Second Dynasty have been working on this for about a year, and you can tell because by Grabthor's hammer. Yeah. Oh my lord! There's a lot of stuff going on in there. It's ridiculous the amount of detail they've went into though to design each and every component from cryo chambers to med beds to control consoles to all the cargo to all of the power generation stuff, thrusters, the works. Yeah, and this is, um, it's not one of the campaigns that's going to blow up massively. Uh, they have a very defined set of parameters for it because already you're looking at a ship that's so big it's going to take you probably a month to print. Um, so they didn't want to do loads and loads of stretch goals. Instead, there's there's some changes and alterations that will be available to upgraded engine bays, things like that. Um, because for people who play Traveller, this is a very iconic ship because it's one that they spend an awful lot of time in going from place to place um, because as soon as you can junk your terrible starting ship, you'll want something with a bit more meat on it and with a bit more capacity. And the Beowulf really is the way to go for that. And once you've got something that works, you don't tend to move around a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have seen some people asking for some of the large Dreadnought-style ships. You're going, going to happen. <laughs> you want that yeah, in 28 mil? <laughs> yeah, you need something like our old yeah. Predator to print that out. Uh, even then, you need something like a warehouse to actually <laughs> assemble it in, in 28 mil. It would be we bigger than all. it would be bigger than most buildings. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of kit, and really nice to see that they're expanding the traveler range yeah. um, further, and this time sort of taking it 
slightly beyond not just going well here's your ship but here's the ship here's the deck plans and they're both physical and uh, vtt uh so you can yeah you can really go nuts i mean i am looking at getting a new fdm printer before christmas so honestly i would be very tempted to give it a bash running one of these out yeah uh, all the previous ships from other things are in there as well so we've looked at things like the chimera and stuff before mm -hmm. um these are not traveler these are second dynasty's own ones but it means if you've not come across them before and yeah. you fancy having something like schlepnir sitting the in the middle Delta. of a tabletop I, I, yeah there, there's a lot of stuff that is let's say sci-fi adjacent so you look at it and you go well, that's got very star wars look to it in concept and design or this has got a very eagle concept on it so you know space mm -hmm. 1999 but they've got these very sort of inspirations that tied it together to make something that's uniquely theirs but at the same time will fit within so many worlds so i mean if you want to stick a crash shuttle on the tabletop for game of uh, stargrave it will work if you want to be fighting Grim dark games of one page rules or 40k around these things that does also just play, these... play an entire game inside one of these and you could yeah <laughs> especially for for the likes of the stargrave where you've got small crews yeah and a couple of these would be really good with the um uh war games atlantic models we looked at last week with the bugs and the marines yeah the hoorah hoorah but yeah the uh the funding campaign has been going great guns since it started uh and as you can see, they have a whole host of additional bits and pieces, like little sort of shuttle bugs um, that you can drop down on, and even some of their crews and stuff from their previous Kickstarter. So a lot of this is already available on their website. Uh, so if you just like to, to pick the stuff up immediately, you can go ahead and grab a lot of a lot of their earlier work uh, straight off the, the site. I like the little cars. They're like Johnny Caps. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. And sometimes if you're doing donuts around the Martian landscape, uh, you'll need a Johnny Cap. Drive, drive! I mean, you could do sci-fi Gaslands with those. Oh, sci-fi Gaslands would be great, especially then writing rules for zero G. Yes, oh, we do a handbrake turn, you just keep floating. For <laughs> in fact, you don't need to. Just go and get the full thrust rules. That already has vectored movement in it, which is uh -huh. just great. Oh, vectored movement is amazing. Anyway, as you can see, there's a whole slew of ships available, and uh, the Starship Miniatures Kickstarter edition, these are the Ickle tiny ones, uh, mm. which work on like a one inch hex base, uh, but it, the ships themselves may be massive. So I think that's actually scaled for X Wing. I like so, that they're designed to run on both SLA and FDM printers. Yeah. Well, I think these days you pretty much have to cover all bases. Yeah. Not, not everybody's going to be chucking about with uh, an SLA at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, whether you're into resin or filament, uh, they've got plenty of stuff in there. And like I say, there's a few little quality of life upgrades coming, uh, but none of them are going to massively bloat out the campaign itself. So it's really just a case of getting it all done and dusted and getting ready to, uh, to do the Lord's own work. Yeah, there's the light kits I was on about. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. It's like EA something. Yeah. It's the company. Does anybody know what they've printed this on? Is this the FDM version or the resin version we're looking at? Uh, this looks like an FDM. Maybe you can't fit this in a resin bed. Well, unless you're getting something like the Saturn or the, the new Jupiter that's coming out with like a 16-inch like bed on it for resin printing. Ooh. No, you can still print this on a resin um, because it uses that modular system. So you're never printing more than a particular size. 
Uh, but I think something like the, the big nose component that we saw running out in the first video yep. might be too big. No, I, I'm still fairly certain it's it's it can all be sliced down if it's not already pre-sliced. Scroll but, back up, it'll say if it's SLA optimized. Yeah, Pro- under the Beowulf one. Probably would have been the FAQ at the bottom. I was almost uh, scroll back, that. Go back down a bit. Beowulf. There we go. Uh, FDM, FDM says. FDM optimized. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you could probably go and cut it up a bit, maybe even more if it didn't fit, but there are bigger beds coming out. Yeah. Well, l- like I said, the Saturn and the Jupiter that are coming soon. Uh, oh, what's the company? It's the one that John uses. No idea. I forget completely. Sorry. There you go. You're all forgetting stuff. It's catching. Yeah. I was going to say the sleep near. Obviously, you know, cool ship, right? I was thinking you just paint that orange and suddenly you can have a grand day out with Wallace and Gromit. It looked just <laughs> like it. So there we go. Cheese, <laughs> Gromit. <laughs> right. There are 21 days left. It's already funded. Uh, so if you're after a bit of sci-fi shippery, then you can do that. However, now for something completely different. Ben, ah. what's our last Kickstarter? Uh, so next up, we're going to be diving into the world of Monty Python, the funny world of Monty Python, the quirky world of Monty Python, because this is Monty Python's new role-playing game. I mean, sorry, it's not a role-playing game. No, it is. This is Monty Python's co-curricular medieval reenactment program, which is actually a role-playing game, but it's not. Uh, anyway, but anyway, uh, but be serious is. about this. Not silly, but anyway. So this is a, a game for you to dive into where you can play in the zany, weird uh, medieval world of Monty Python. Think the Holy Grail and all that good stuff. You'll Where's my making... coconuts? Did I just see a <laughs> dicepult? There is a dicepult. That we'll get to that in a second. Mm. We'll get to that game because that's another thing that's part of this. So, anyway, yeah. separate, separate yet different. <laughs> separate, separate yet different. So this is a game where you dive in and take on the role of quirky medieval characters from the world of Monty Python and the Holy Grail and all that kind of stuff. And you will go on wacky quests, and leading the way will be your head of light entertainment, who takes on the role of the GM. Mm. But as this is a multi-Python game, the head of light entertainment can die in spectacular fashion and be replaced with somebody else if you want to, which I think is very, very nice indeed. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the way it works is, because um, I may have backed this, the way it works is <laughs> at currently there are 14 heads of light entertainment yes. or holds, uh, and they go on top of the GM screen and they have come with a predefined set of things that yeah. they want their... their they have like a... A way that they act. Yeah. Thing, yeah. So, so your head of light entertainment might want less silliness and more factual accuracy, or you know, more silliness and more cameos from famous people, or whatever it happens to be. So, when you're GMing the game, the GM now actually has a role to play as well as the players, and the players have to remember what the head of light entertainment wants, because otherwise that may adversely affect how the uh, the crew get together. Question: There are three dice here that I have never seen before. Oh, you yes. should get out more there. A, d- a d14, a d16, and a d18. Yeah, what, yeah. what the fluff? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll go one step further. They could have finished the silly line on a d3 and choose yes. one two, and I'm kind of disappointed in them for that. <laughs> Is it a stretch goal? No. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So the game works on that serious to silly scale, yep. and mm. those kind of like are your dice that you'll be using to roll for any kind of tests that you need to do and all that kind of stuff. And then alongside that, you've got both struthing and spamming, I think, is the other one. Yes, spam's on one. 
where if you roll the highest value, then you're doing really well and your dice get to upgrade. But if mm-hmm. you spam, then your dice go down a level. Uh, and there's also a really fun little rule in there where if you're becoming too good, yes. then the head of light entertainment can just decide that you're being too serious and just download downgrade your dice, which I think is so, really fun. So, so hang on, <laughs> we, we do know Jerry's going to spam a lot. Yes, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. I'll be sitting on a D4 for the whole game. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. far too silly. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so the, the mechanics themselves are very Python-esque. I mean, they're absurdist, uh, which I love. You also get demerits and merits that you can cash in at various points um, when you feel you need to, which allow you to sort of buy dice upgrades or buy, um, what's it they call it in, in D&D 5th? Advantage. 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 So you've got two, you get two dice and then pick. Uh, but yeah, things like the having the Black Beast of Arg and the Dragon of Agador <laughs> and stuff, and the illustrations are absolutely gorgeous. They're amazing. They are, darling. Yeah. Um, the layout, the layout of the book, and the way that they've chosen some of that classic Python esque artwork as well is is brilliant, yeah. and the way that it's been designed. So. But I think I, think <laughs> I love that, the way there's just like random little funny bits. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah the, the whole kit and caboodle. Specs, pages, yes. Colors, <laughs> ravishingly full. So. I mean, even the way they've they've set out the Kickstarter is very Python esque in many respects. Uh, but yeah, the Kyle Patterson's artwork has a really nice blend of fantasy and Python to it. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's captured both very very well. Yeah, there's a um, really nice update where it sort of gives you a good idea. Here we go. So they they blew through their funding on day one in a couple of hours and blew through all the stretch goals a couple of hours after that. So you ended up with this. Um, <laughs> with this with this update yes. those who pledged physical reward tier before that time book passage to the wondrous island of sash wearing persons metaphorically speaking there is no such island yet and now I'm being told that we have an update <laughs> on additional stretch goals from our additional stretch goal update desk over to you Nigel ah, right we remain sans <laughs> Nigel however I am told that Nigel's notes regarding the stretch goals have in fact been recovered top marks there Henrietta and we'll be publishing those next week until then have a lovely Nigel filled weekend thank you Exhausted, Nigel, creative Nigel. And the whole way they're running this Kickstarter is so um, is, yeah. is hilarious. I, I enjoy getting every little thing from them. Um, yeah, it is tickling my funny bone. Yeah. yeah, as far as the actual game itself goes, because I suppose we should come back to Fetch Levash. Yes. Um, yeah. There are various levels that you'll always get. So, um, nice faux leather and printed with goldy bits and stuff and a, the public, a ribbon stuck the public in public school edition yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> you see where i've gone yeah. let's just skip past that so people don't think i get paid too much um, <laughs> so fetch lavash it's not actually needed for the game no it's something entirely different it's really. entirely di- yeah something yeah. entirely yeah. different okay um you can just play backgammon or use a backgammon board if you've got one if you want to introduce it however uh, as a stretch goal, actually, they've added a third game variant with this. Mm-hmm. Although we don't know what that is yet. What could be better than two stretch? Go- what could be better than two game variants with one box? Five? No, not what? five. Three. But you know. Anyway, so uh, you can play regular backgammon, or you can play uh, like a squash the peasant, where you're attempting to uh, drop cows on peasantry. Yeah. Uh, you have to capture the, capture the cows and run them across the field with your pieces mm. whilst avoiding flying animals from the sent from the catapults to the dice and also the insults of Frenchmen, which is the way to go, I believe. Uh, it's very much the way to go. <laughs> All right. If, if oh, here's the this. dice again. What's your if, favorite color? For the dice? Mm. For the weird dice? Yeah. I like the maroony pink one. 
I like, I like, I like the blue one. No green, no I green. Like the bright brown <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I like the D, well. the yeah, D14 so. and D18s and stuff like that are particularly good. The D30 is is um the super special serious dice. I think it's called like the SSSD. <laughs> uh, and, and you you only get to use it on like your character's um specific like trait rule right. otherwise it's separate and distinct but yeah you see you if have we that. ever get this under camera i'm saying it right now dibs on playing the peasant <laughs> i would know. have thought nothing less <laughs> play to is, your strengths is that what is they the, say that right is the heads changeable then yes so yeah. the head of light entertainment screen the gm screen has a little kind of bit where you put a head on yeah. and there are various ones and so they can be swapped out so you're your players can look up and see which head of light entertainment or hole they should be attempting to uh, <laughs> attempting to placate for this particular I, session. I really love that as a guide for a GM though, as well, because having that kind of behaviour almost of how they should approach yeah. things will mean that you kind of, a lot of a little bit of that weight is lifted off you when it comes to the storytelling side of things, which I think is really nice. Superiority um, invoked exponential. The other thing that's really good about this is that. Uh, so many role-playing games, especially fantasy role-play games, descend into a kind of madness anyway. anyway. Yeah. So having a game like this, which reinforces the silliness of it, I think is really fun. So, well, it's, yeah. it's like one of my favorite games to play whenever it's just like a travel game is Monty Python Flux. Because mm. it's Flux just... Is good. Yeah. yeah, but regular Flux is good, <laughs> but some people can take it a little too seriously. When it's Monty Python Flux, it's just like, hey, yeah, no, all bets are off. Travel yeah. game. Yeah. That's cool. So it's probably not that heavy then. A swallow could probably carry this. Yes. <laughs> if not one, then maybe two. <laughs> but which kind? African or European? I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I have to say, Jer Jerry is not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? But yeah, it, it's um, an interesting group of people who obviously have a real passion for yes. Python. Yeah. Um, also, they have a real passion for Mortborg as well, which is how yeah, I know yeah. them. This is exalted funeral help yeah. now, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. But, so, so I happened to be on their website one day looking at their Mork stuff and then seeing this was coming. I was like, click now to be notified. I was like, okay, then. All right. <laughs> Do you even need to tell me anymore? No, no, you don't. But yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, terrific set of, of people sticking yeah. together. Oh, is it funded? Uh, oh, is yes. It funded? Massively. <laughs> Massively, yeah. make everyone sick. There we go. Oh yeah, massively one point three million. Yep, <laughs> most of that's from Jay, but it looks of it. Well, he has his hand in the pot. <laughs> what else am I going to spend it on whiskey? Well, yes, that as well. But <laughs> uh, there are twenty days left for Monty Python's curricular medieval reenactment program. Not a role playing game. Not, Not a role playing game. game. Uh, so if you want to if you want to back that you can uh, and you can get it in a variety of flavors from pdf up to upper class twit depending on how mad you want to be uh, and i think we've been mad enough for this halloween weekend swain if you uh, fancy going old school we shall return on sunday devil's night my new favorite holiday for more of the same with our cult of games over on tabletop.com and if you're not already a cultist you can join us for a 30-day trial Otherwise, we shall return next Friday. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>
Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.